0: Alhamdulillah. Something amazing happened in this month where Islam entered one of the superpowers of the world, the countries that were known as the superpower of the day, the Persian Empire. What happened here was Hadrat Abu Bakr Siddiq Radiullahu heard about Al-Musanna bin Harita al Shaybani. Now Al-Musanna bin al Shaybani radiallahu anhu. Al-Musanna bin al Shaybani Radiallah, he embraced Islam. In the Medinan stage, but Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi met him during and inviting the Meccans to Islam, inviting the people to Islam during Hajj. So there's an amazing incident quoted by Allama Ibn Kathir in his Bidayah wa Nihaya, where Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam approaches the Banu Shayban tribe. And the way they were inspired by our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and especially the verses of the Qur'an Karim, like Allah that we'll hear today in the khutbah, Innallaha wa Ita Il Kurba Wayanha Anili Fasha Ywal Wal Allah He was very really inspired. But he said that I'm a senior of my community. And I know the Persian Empire, who we live next to, who are our neighbors, don't like anything new or us changing our creed. Yeah. Let us embrace partially. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, No, today properly, but when you come into Islam, you have to enter into Allah's deen totally. Ya ayyuhal amanu, dhukhulu fis silmi kaffa. And alhamdulillah, they went home, they considered. What we learned from here, invite a person to Islam without forcing, but explain the message clearly. Let us not be the judge that so-and-so will never accept. No, let us give the message and then make dua. And Allah is the giver of hidayah. So Alhamdulillah, they came back in the middenum stage. He embraced Islam during Amul wufud And he did so much for Allah's deen. Hazrat Abu Bakr was receiving reports that Islam is spreading in Persia and there's a man musanna that Hazrat Abu Bakr didn't know much about because he just met on a few occasions. One was in, in the Meccan stage during the Hajj. The other was uh, when he came to Medina to meet Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi to embrace Islam. So Alhamdulillah. Then the first effort of Hazrat Abu Bakr was against the uh, renegades and the apostates. Then Hazrat Khalid bin Walid writes to Abu Bakr after he completed that task. Now, usually is Hazrat Khalid bin Walid. He doesn't come back to Madinah Munawwara to say, no, I need a few months break, and then I'll see what to do for Allah. deen. From the area he had accomplished the task against the renegades in Yamama, from there, Hazrat Abu Bakr writes to, Hazrat Khalid writes to Abu Bakr, saying, O oh, Amirul Mu'mineen, this task has been accomplished, this is what happened, what next? Ya Allah. Hmm. Imagine the bravery, the valorism, the chivalry of Sahaba radiyallahu anhu. Hazrat Abu Bakr then writes to Hazrat Khalid. Now you move to Persia. Now Persia was an area. It was a superpower. It was renowned. It was known. It was the it was the optimum of opulence and pride. It was a kingdom that was known throughout the world. But Hazrat Khalid is ready with his men, eighteen thousand men. Alhamdulillah. Actually, some with him and some were with al musanna Hazrat Abu Bakr radiyallahu anhu says to Hazrat Khalid, You go to Persia, but remember there's a man there that you'll meet. Take assistance from him, hold him in high esteem, keep him close to you, consult with him. Don't sideline him. Appreciate his efforts. And then Hazrat Abu Bakr writes to Al-Musanna that you know what I'm sending to you, a senior sahabi of Nabi I want you to respect him. Be by his side. Obey him. But what's marvelous about this, and this is happening in Rajab, the, the 11th year. What's marvelous about this is the 11th year hijri. amazing, guys. Abu Bakr, not only does he write to Musanna that you must respect Khalid, mm. and he is the Amir, and your position of, 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 of previous times is no longer to that extent. You're not in charge of the entire army, it has Khalid now. Show him respect. He's a senior sahabi of Nabi SAW. But Hazrat Abu Bakr writes to Khalid, you going there, there's a man who's done so much. He paved the ways. He knows much. He has much experience. Don't underestimate his efforts and appreciate him for his great sacrifices. So show him that value. SubhanAllah. Look at Hazrat Abu Bakr's wisdom. He doesn't just say, no, they must just listen. He writes to each one to appreciate the other. And this is what we learn. Appreciate the next. Uplift the next. And Allahu Akbar, Hazrat Khalid comes into Persia and Islam, alhamdulillah, and they strive for Allah's sake. And deen started spreading. Alhamdulillah, the first expedition was known as Zhatu Salasil, ya Allah. But prior to this expedition, when Hazrat Khalid weighed the situation, in Persia, he wrote to Hazrat Abu Bakr saying, oh, the Khalifa of Rasulullah <laughs> sallallahu would you send me some reinforcements? So Hazrat Abu Bakr so Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu said that uh, Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu said that uh, he sent him reinforcements. And the reinforcements arrived, Hazrat by Hazrat Khalid. But the reinforcements arrived in the form of one man. This one individual arrives, and Hazrat Khalid felt that he is coming to notify that the remainder of the madad, the reinforcements, are en route, are coming. When he sees Hazrat Abu Bakr's letter, he is in shock that is this the reinforcements? but he accepts the decision of the Khalifa. In the first expedition, the commander of the Persian army was a man by the name of Hormuz. Now, Hormuz, before the battle, challenged Khalid to a duel. Now, obviously, the Muslims on the one side, the Persians on the other side, the one man comes forward, Hormuz, and he arrogantly, flamboyantly challenges. This was part of the rule of the battles of, of those days. This is how it happened. You could start the the battle, or there was someone who could come forward and challenge. If it was one, then one could come from this side. If it was three against three, like in Badr, three came from the side of the Mushrikeen, Labi Sallallahu Alaihi sent three from the side of the Muslims. So here, Hormuz comes forth challenging Khalid, radiallahu alaihi the rule of a this is called Halmim Mubaris. This combat, mm. this open combat. The rule here was you had to have the same number of men in the open combat in the first challenge. But what Hormuz did was he kept a few people behind a certain rock, notifying them that if Khalid defeats me, come in to assist me. But if I defeat him, then just leave me. So this was treachery from Hormuz in this duel. Alhamdulillah, the bout took some time because he was uh, the commander on the other side. He was very strong. But Alhamdulillah, Hazrat Khalid grounded him and was about to finish him off when these men who were treacherously planted uh, through deception, and they came and grounded Khalid. And they almost ended Khalid. There was a man who read this entire scenario and realized that Hormuz would deceive. And he also awaited, in ambush, to see if they deceive Hazrat Khalid, our commander, he's going to come and rescue Hazrat Khalid. And he came and just as about, as they were about to end up Hazrat Khalid, he came in and rescued Hazrat Khalid, radiyallahu anhu, and Subhanallah, Hazrat Khalid looks at him and gets up and marvels at what Hazrat Abu Bakr did. Hmm. He said, Subhanallah, look at Hazrat Abu Bakr. I asked him for reinforcements. And this is the man, he said. This was a man, Hazrat Khalid, didn't know much. He got to know him now. And who was this man? He was a Sahabi of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But interestingly, he embraced Islam in Amul Wufud. Now, Amul Wufud was the year of delegations in the ninth and the tenth year. Many, many delegations were coming far and wide. They embraced Islam at the efforts of Sahaba in their areas. But now they came to personally meet Janabi Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And they then became Sahaba. So that's how Hazrat Khalid didn't know much of him. And now Hazrat Khalid sees his expertise and he marvels at the decision and the wisdom of Hazrat Abu Bakr. And then, who was this individual, the man that Hazrat Abu Bakr sent as reinforcements, a one-man show, reinforcements for Hazrat Khalid's army? Imagine Hazrat Khalid, so powerful, so great, but Hazrat Abu Bakr sent a man to help him. And subhanAllah, this was the intuition and uh, the foresight and the insight and the fira- of Hazrat Abu Bakr, radiallahu anhu, that this was not named correctly, Al bin Amr al Tamimi, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, where Hazrat Umar would say, just his voice and his roar mm. in the army and the battle has a greater impact than a thousand men. Mm. And now he became the right hand man of Hazrat Khalid. They became inseparable friends and alhamdulillah, expedition after expedition, alhamdulillah, each expedition the Muslims conquered and so many Persians embraced Islam. All this started from that year, that entire year these efforts carried on and subhanallah. After that year of expeditions, it would have been 11 consecutive battles and each one, alhamdulillah, the Muslims triumphed and the Persians were being crushed and they were being vanquished and so many were embracing Islam because they were seeing the equality, the love, the justice, the ethics in the Muslims. And subhanAllah, so many changed their lives. But then a time came when <laughs> was then Allah. Shahdeer bin Hasara sees a dream. And he says, "Oh Amir, Oh Khalifa." Hadid Abu Bakr was Amir, the first Amir al-Mu'minin, but he was called the Khalifa of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The first to be called Amir al-Mu'minin after Nabi Sallallahu of wa Allah was Hazrat Umar radiallahu. anhu But Hazrat Abu Bakr was the Khalifa uh, was, uh, the Amir al-Mu'minin, but the title was chosen by Hazrat Umar to make it easy uh, for everyone to call the Khalif. So Hazrat Abu Bakr was the first. How oh, Hazrat Shahab is telling him. Oh, the Khalifa of Rasulullah, Sallam Sallam Sallam. Sallam. are you planning something in your heart? He says, yes, but what would make you know that? What would I'm planning. He says, this is the vision and the dream I saw. And Hazrat Shurahdib bin Khanah. Oh, no, So I was just mentioning, I don't know where I got cut off exactly, but I was mentioning Hazrat Abu Bakr making an effort to take Islam now into the Roman region. This was Persia. Now, day after, a year... A year later, Hazrat Abu Bakr makes an effort to take Islam into the Roman region. And after Sahaba went there, Allahu Akbar, Hazrat Abu Bakr, who loved Hazrat Khalid so much, rides to Khalid. Before I mention Hazrat Khalid's journey to the Roman lands, Hajj came. Now Hazrat Khalid had just conquered an area called Khira. Now imagine, these are towns and cities in Persia. That Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi mentioned my name and described how Sahaba would take Islam into these regions. As I was mentioning to our listeners, there's a beautiful kitab. Arabic obviously is the best, but if you don't know, then you have the English translation translated by Mufti Abdul Hussain Ilyasa. Beautiful translation in the English language. Uh, read it and you'll see towards the end of the kitab how Sahaba took Islam into these regions and how Allah Ta'ala helped them. Quite a few of the incidents of how Islam went into Persia. Amazing incidents come there as well as Rome and so forth. Now Hazrat, uh, uh, Hajj time came and Hazrat Khalid was so brave he left someone in charge of Sheera. The Hira was spoken about by Rasulullah Wasallam with so much of detail to such an extent that Nabi Sallam even mentioned the princess of Hira that will come you know, under the Muslims. And one Sahabi said, Oh Allah's Nabi, would I be gifted her? And so much of detail, so much of detail mentioned about. And then it happened when the Sahabi actually saw her. He was basically, he didn't know much about numbers and so forth. But he saw her. It was not what, she, what he read about poetry in describing her. So Obviously she was much older. So her brother then came and said, you know, would you liberate her? How much do you want? So he said, I'll not accept nothing less than 100 dinar, this amount of time. And he showed his 10 fingers. So that man said, oh, very easy. And he gave him 1,000 dinar. So afterwards, his companion saying that, what happened? What you did with Karima? Because she was known, because in the past, when Arab poets used to, before, in the times of Jahiliya used to d- d- describe, she was described in poetry and so forth. That's how he heard of her. He said, no, I took a large amount, 100 dinar, this amount of time. So his companions mm-hmm. were laughing at him. They said, you know, you should have asked for much more. How much more you would have got? Anyway, so much of detail, Nabi sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned Assalam. that Hira, now there when Muslims were camped there, Hazrat Khalid left for Hajj. He traveled night and day. He made it on Arafah and he came back. Anyway, that was one occasion where Hazrat Abu Bakr got upset with Hazrat Khalid. That how could you leave your men when you are the Amir and you didn't ask permission? So Hazrat Abu Bakr made his tarbiyat. So that, that was also, we learned from there, the bravery of Hazrat Khalid and the tarbiyat of Hazrat Abu Bakr and so forth and so forth. Hazrat Khalid was then commanded to go to Rome. Interestingly, another very famous expedition that took place in Damascus, in the Roman lands, Roman territories, that was also in Rajab. Sahaba, so interestingly, alhamdulillah, that also happened. Sahaba took Islam into Damascus, alhamdulillah. And Hazrat Khalid, who was... The commander there as well. But there, they would have turns. But the main commander was Hazrat Khalid. Not long thereafter, Hazrat Abu Bakr passed away. And Hazrat Umar became the Khalifa. That was just about the time where they were having this famous expedition in Sham, in Syria, the land, lands of the Romans. The letter arrived while the expedition was on. Did you tell anybody? He said, of course not. The letter was addressed to you. He says, don't say anything because we are in battle. That was the wisdom. A message also came to Hazrat Abu Ubaidah bin Jarrah, radiyallahu what was the letter? Hazrat Umar said, I remove Khalid for some wise reason, and you are now the commander. Hazrat Khalid was not fully removed. He was kept as in charge of his contingent and men. But Hazrat Abu Ubaidah was made the general commander, the commander of the entire army. But interestingly, during the expedition, Hazrat Abu Ubaidah didn't say anything because he's still under Khalid, and he is of calm. And after the expedition, then I'll say, so Khalid was still leading the Salah in charge. And after the expedition, when another letter came to Hazrat Khalid, and Hazrat Khalid came to Hazrat Abu Ubaidah, that you know, O oh Amir, that you were appointed in charge. says, oh, my beloved brother, you know, it's not a position that I want. I knew you'll get to know, and then whatever Allah wills will happen. And then Hazrat Khalid was then now, after Hazrat Abu Ubaidah. But interestingly, Hazrat Khalid never got got upset that, why was I removed? And he continued serving for Allah now as he served for Allah previously. Hmm. And now, subhanallah, he was under Abu Ubaidah. And that was Hazrat Abu Bakr's wisdom and Hazrat Umar's wisdom. Hazrat Abu Bakr's system was, his commander must do everything he sees suitable. Hazrat Umar's system was, even his commander must ask him before he does anything. Now, different Khalifa, different temperament, and... Alhamdulillah, Hazrat Khalid still did for Allah, like Hazrat Umar did for Allah, Subhanahu wa Taala. They gave their lives for Allah's deed. Thereafter, Alhamdulillah, Allah gave them in all these areas. There were expeditions, but in Palestine there wasn't a battle because the priests and the scholars of Palestine and Aqsa handed over the keys to Hazrat Umar because Sahaba are described in their books. I want you to look into Surah Al-Fatih, respected Ummah of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, chapter 49, verses 28 onward. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned how the qualities of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, his Sahaba, our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Sahaba, and how they are described in the Torah and in the Injil. محمد الرسول الله، والذين معه أشداء على الكفار رحماء وبينهم تراهم ركع سجدين يبتغون فضلاً من الله ورضوانا فيما هم في وجوههم من أثر السجود. ذلك مثلهم في التوراة. الله سذتها والصحابة described in the Torah. Then Allah says. ومثلهم في الانجيل كزرع اخرج شطاه فازره فاستغلظ, فاستغلظ فاستوى على سوقه يعجب الزراع ليغيظ بهم الكفار وَعَدَ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِنُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ مِنْهُمْ مَغْفِرَةً وَأَجْرًا عَظِيمًا And Allah says, this is how they described in the Torah, and this is how they are described in the Injil. I would love you to look into Hazrat Mufri Shafi Sahab, Rahmatullah Ma'arif Al-Qur'an, and Subhanallah, so amazingly, he brings about the verses of the Bible that are still there. Yes, so much has been removed, but there's still verses describing them. That's why when Hazrat Umar came, they just handed over the keys. Hazrat Murana, if you give me permission, in the last few minutes we have, I want to mention something interesting about uh, Palestine. Gee, perfect. Because Sahaba were camping around Palestine and the keys were handed over. Now imagine, there's a beautiful hadith. Subhanallah. And Malala Ahmad Barak Sab was mentioning this so beautifully recently. He was visiting us. And I heard this before. And he mentioned, Marana put it so beautifully. And Alhamdulillah, we have such amazing hadith. Imagine Rasulullah, mm-hmm. sallallahu yes. alayhi wasallam, 1400 years ago. This hadith is in Musnadul Firdos and in Abu Ya'la's Musnad. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, and he made dua for the graveyard. And he repeated this thrice. And after he mentioned this thrice, Hazrat Aisha radhiallahu asked, do you refer to the graveyard of uh, Baqiyya? Our oh, Nabi sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, I refer to the graveyard of Asqalan. Mm. And in another, another report, Nabi وسلم, Asqalan is geographically right in Gaza presently. Meaning mm. at that time it was right next to Gaza, but it's in Gaza presently. Nabi sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Jazakallah al and Now imagine these are areas. Nabi Sallallahu Wasallam made dua for this area and at that time Islam hadn't entered there. It is Rasulullah prophesying exactly what is going on today. Nabi Sallallahu Wasallam said in a hadith which is in Sahih Bukhari that there'll be a people of my Ummah, a group, a great group of my Ummah will continue on Haq. Hmm. They will remain on haq firm. like يطرهم khadalahum. Whoever betrays them, that will not harm them. They will not stop serving Allah's deen. They will not stop striving for Allah, sacrificing for Allah. And the hadith also says The betrayal of those around them will not hinder them or stop them. Like the way our brothers, they are being betrayed by all those around in the nearby Muslim countries also. Then the hadith says until judgment day, they will remain like that. Then Sahaba Kiram asked, and then Nabi Sallallahu said they will be afflicted with la'wah, with challenges and calamities, meaning so many lives are lost also, but those lives that are lost are going straight to Jannah, and Allah gives them al-firdaus, what sacrifices of those mothers and children and orphans, Allahu Akbar. Then Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was asked, where are they? Nabi Sallallahu said, they are in Baytul Maqdis, Wa aknaf Baytul Maqdis. Hmm. Bayt al-Maqdis and the surrounding areas of Maqdis. But what Mulan Sab said was interesting in the lecture where he spoke about the history, about how the effort of Quran and Sunnah came alive in the people of, of Palestine. How from the early 1990s, Allahu Akbar, they started bringing alive the Quran and the Sunnah and memorizing the quran Karim and reading the quran Karim kareem night and day. And those who are striving and defending Allahu Akbar quran Kareem is, is there every day and there every night. Like there was a person that all of us know of that was shot now recently, a few weeks ago, by a drone. And this incident was captured by a, a, a Zionist drone. They thought they're going to show how great they are. But subhanallah, it became an inspiration. This half of the Quran was coming out of the masjid, going somewhere. And as he's en route, this drone shot him and he fell. And as he was passing on, he exerted himself and went into the posture of sajda. And he passed away. Allahu This is an inspiration to every one of us. That we must also connect our lives to Quran. To be like this, our youth, our children. The name of this youngster was Taysir Abu tuayma Hafiz Taysir. Abu Tameem, rahimahullah, Taala, is an inspiration to every one of us. Allah's beloved, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, said, "As you live your life, that's how you will die. That's how death will come to you, and how death comes to you, that's how you will be resurrected." Let's ask Allah to give us wonderful death, mubarak death. We can die at any time. Let's prepare to meet Allah, Subhanahu wa Taala. Let's invite people to Islam. Let's let's. Inca- let's, let's support Muslims. Let's bring each other together. Let's make dua for Gaza. Let's talk about Gaza. Let's explain to non Muslims the plight of the people of Gaza. Every one of us have to play our part, and it makes a difference. Even if you explain to one person, but try. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq. alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.